Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hey, there it is. I thought I turned it on. I wanted to make sure. It's good to be in the house with you this morning. I'm excited. What a wonderful worship service. Amen. Amen. You know, after preparing the uh, word for this week, it, I got to be honest with you, I just got a hmm, little bit of my faith increased and not, you know, just stirred up a little bit. Michaela and I were in here praying this morning for all of you guys, and we were just praying, stir up that faith within us, right? Amen. We're all going, I'm reading a book called 41. I haven't got through it, so I don't know if it's a good book or not, but I'm starting it, and it's really good. And you know, it was talking about, I don't know if any of you noticed, but Pastor Dosik came out of intubation on our 41st anniversary to the exact day on Mother's Day, right? We left the service, and we went, and they took it out. We were surprised. We didn't know they were going to do it. And then one of the ladies in the church gave me this book. She said, 41. And I'm like, what is this? For 40 days, Jesus was tempted in the desert, but on 41, he came out. For 40 years, they wandered in the desert, but sooner or later, it had to be 41, and they crossed over, right? Goliath taunted David for 40 days and nights, but on 41, he did. So many things significant on 40, 40, 40. But I'm here to tell you that those of you that have been in a struggle, those of you that have been in a fight, those of you that just feel like, just like the Israelites, you just keep going around, going around, going around. 41's coming. 41's coming because we don't give up. We don't tap out. We don't say, I'm finished because we are the children of God. Amen? Amen. So I'm reading it. And I'm, I'm, I'm being a little encouraged by the book, I just got to say. So let's pray before we get into our message today. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We just come before you. And Lord, I just ask that you would anoint my lips, anoint my words, Father, as the Holy Spirit leads and guides us today. Father, that we would not leave here the same in the name of Jesus. God, that the word would go forth like you said in Isaiah, Father, and that it would do exactly what it was meant to do, that it would go forth and water our spirit, water our life, and come back not void in the name of Jesus. Father, it would do what you sent it to perform. Now, Father, as we teach, Father, today, as we receive today, as we listen, as we open up our hearts, Father, I thank you, Lord, that it would make a deposit that would stay in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We have been talking about the mind. We've been doing a series, and Pastor Randy named it The Invisible War. Because it's invisible, oftentimes we can forget that we're fighting a war, and it's waged between a right ear and a left ear, right? And there's always this inner dialogue that's going on. We've heard that there are 70, I was shocked, 70,000 thoughts a day coming through our control center. And I'm telling you that all of those thoughts need to be evaluated and accepted or rejected. But a lot of us, due to possible immaturity in the Lord, maybe you're new, or maybe you're just done fighting anything, you're tired, you're weary in your spiritual fight, in your mind, we just let them roll. We just let these thoughts just keep on rolling around. And we think that if we do nothing with them, they'll just go away. Well, that's not true. We know that these are either truth or lies. Here's the problem. The only thing that determines whether something is truth or a lie is the Word of God. That is the standard in which we live by. Now, I'm going to shake some of you up a little bit. The standard is not what your parents say. The that's going to get me kudos. If there's any teenagers in here, that's going to get me really good high marks with them. What I'm saying is there are things that your parents can say that are very not truthful according to the Word of God. Have you ever heard a parent say, you know what, you're just stupid. I don't know why you can't get it right. That's not true. That's not true. You might not be able to get it right, but you are not stupid. You might be a little stubborn in the head. You might be a little rebellious, according to the Bible, a little stiff-necked, but you are not stupid. You are not ignorant. You are not a loser. There used to be Joe Recker, we used to go on vacation with his family, and this teacher that he had every week would remind him, you're a loser. And she, in fact, looked at him one day, and she said, you know what? If you don't pull your act together, you're going to be a trash man for the rest of your life. 
Any of you know Joe Recker know that he has arts refuse and makes a whole lot of money collecting people's trash. All she did was prophesy his end from his beginning and she declared what the word of the Lord knew upon his life because he took what the devil meant for bad and turned it into good and Joe is one of the best, smartest businessmen you'll ever meet in your life. What was that? It was the lie of the devil trying to get Joe to believe he was a nothing, a nobody, going nowhere, and all he was going to be doing was sifting through your leftovers and living. No, he's taking your leftovers to the dump and taking your cash with him, and he's providing for his family. Amen? And that's a good thing. But these thoughts are only lining up with the word of God. That's how we decide what is true or false. The problem is, some of us don't know what is good because we don't put the time and the effort and energy into our relationship with Christ. Not all thoughts are good and our minds are a breeding ground or a greenhouse for thoughts. You realize whatever goes in here and is not dealt with and left begins to grow. It begins to grow. And sooner or later, it's a seed in our minds and then our mind is taken over with either good thoughts or bad thoughts. And anyone that has a garden will know that bad thoughts grow faster than good thoughts. All day long. One rain and they'll go out there and those weeds in the garden will be this high. I'm like, where were you last week? I didn't even see you. But you end there looking, there's these little radishes this big. I'm like, could we get up? Right? That's the way it works. The Bible says that in, says, as a man thinketh, in his heart, so is he. You listen to the teacher? You think you're a loser? You listen to possibly the spouse that's not quite as encouraging as he could be or she could be? You could begin to believe a lie and then begin to live your entire life through a filter. A filter, and every time you look through, all you see yourself is a loser. All you see yourself is falling short. All you see yourself is, is not enough. Well, I'm not the wife I could be. I'm not the man I could be. It's different if you're self-reflecting. It's another if you are told the lie of the enemy day after day after day after day like a drip, Amen. reminding you of who you're not and everything you've fallen short of. This is what he does. You know what? You will go nuts if you don't stop the drip. Amen? Let's go to the Bible. It says 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 7. As you know, I'm going to lay some scripture because I want you to know what God says about your situation. It says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. This is in the world. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we, you and I, do it for an eternal prize. So run with purpose in every step. <laughs> Sometimes that's hard. I am not just shadow boxing. I am disciplining my body like an athlete. I'm training it to do what it should. Not what it wants, what it should do, which are things that are good, things that are right. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Do you realize that you and I are responsible for training and guarding and getting our mind to come underneath the mastery of the Bible? That, that, that's big shoes. That's big shoes because some of you are saying, well, I don't read my Bible. I just let you guys read it and then tell me what to do. That's amazing for one day a week. But that meal, what had happened if you only ate on Sunday? Come Wednesday, you'd have no energy to fight nothing. Come Thursday, you wouldn't be able to lift up your head because you're starting to get hangry, right? You're going to start getting nasty because you don't get food. Spiritually, your spirit, man, craves the spiritual food. It craves the word of God. And without it, this will never be under your control. It'll always be under whoever's control or influence is the greatest in your life. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. If you are doing nothing, nothing, you are doing something. 
Ever put yourself on a raft in the middle of a lake? And you think, oh, it looks really calm and there's like nothing happening today and I'm just going to lay out here on this little floaty and get some sun. And then you wake up 10 minutes later and you're not even by your cottage on the lake. You're all the way down here because there's a current that you can't see. See, there's a current of the enemy underneath your mind and he's playing every single day. He's placing something and you think that nothing's happening because there's nothing awry in your life. But the truth is, is that you're 50,000 feet away from God wanted you to be. And I'm telling you, it's a whole lot harder swimming upstream on this little raft than it is to tie yourself down and anchor yourself in the things of the Lord. Amen? Amen? Some of you girls need to learn how to put the rope around your ankle and you tie it to the dock. That way, all that happens is you swim up into the muck and then you push yourself off the shore. Like, it's a, it's a horrible thing, I'm just telling you. Here's the point. It takes self-discipline. This is not for the weak. It takes an intentional mind to control 70,000 thoughts. It takes a lot of starts and restarts. Whew. Sometimes I start out really good, really good. And then I'm like, oh, man, I'm off the wagon, and i got to restart. But the sooner I restart, the more ground I cover the more ground I recover from where I fell off. You see? So don't think that just because you're starting and stopping that that's a bad thing. At least you're starting again. Some of us could do better on our eating habits like that. When I was 20, I'm not tempted about the same things I'm tempted about today. Why? Because I'm 50. I'm a whole lot wiser to the devil's schemes and his plans and his purpose for my life. So the things that he was throwing my way and these lying thoughts at 20 are not what he's throwing to me now. It's the same way with you. Trust me, this season will change. Why? Because you learn to control what he's sending your way. Some of you might have heard this story. When I was younger, I used to clean the house every single Friday. It took me four hours from start to finish that entire 925 square foot home. But when I did, I had the television on and it was playing soap operas. Channel 7, anybody know those? Yep, Young and the Restless. Yep, all those. Bold and the Beautiful. That was me. But I heard God one day say, turn that off. I'm like, why? They ain't doing nothing wrong. They just talking about overpowering Victor Newman and how they're going to get in his business and like all this. But lo and behold, did I realize that God knew something about my mind that I did not know. God knew that those brainless activity thoughts that I thought had no power were making my mind drift into a space that could grow for my future. See, he didn't want me being Nikki Newman, having five husbands, three different years, and someone providing for her while she lived in the horse house. It, I, you could probably turn that movie, soap opera on today. It is the same storyline. I'm just telling you, I didn't like horses, but God knew something was being seeded in my mind. And he didn't want that for my life, but it took me years of maturity later to understand why. What you watch, what you hear, what you see gets in there. It gets in there. I've also learned that if I keep my mind filled with the things of God, and not bold and beautiful, not Nikki Newman, that there's no room for the devil. Do you see what I'm saying? If you have a glass that's full of M&Ms, and then you try to put something else on top, the only thing that's getting in that jar of M&Ms is maybe some rice pickles, because they're small enough that they might be able to sift through. And trust me, he'll go so small that you don't even notice he's sprinkling in a little bit of rice. But let me tell you something, a little bit of water gets on that rice, what happens? You know, rice can kill a bird's gut. All those bridal wedding rice you throw out, now they throw bird seed because they're supposed to be kind to the birds. You want to know why? Because they eat like seven to ten pieces of rice and then their gut explodes and they die. You know what happens to your mind? You get too much of the devil inside there. 
it expands, it explodes, and you think you're having a mental breakdown. You think you don't want to go to church anymore. You think you want to change your job, change your wife, change your kids. You know why? Because your mind is filled, not with the things of God, but the things of this world, the things of this life. And I'm telling you, all the devil has to do is skew your mind one way. And we like this. We got to fix our eyes upon something else. Let's go to Philippians, the fourth chapter, six through nine. Here's what it says. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then, not before, then after you've prayed, after you thank him for all that he's done, and you've told him everything that's going on, the God of peace, which exceeds anything we can understand, that's what you're going to experience. His peace will guard your heart and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. What? Yes, his peace will guard your mind if, if, when your mind starts churning, you start thinking thoughts that you know are not good. You begin to just praise, lift up a praise. Let me tell you something. My mom and I, everyone knows the struggle we're in. One of the hardest things has been to keep our minds stayed on him. Stayed on him. The devil wants us to keep our minds stayed on what the last doctor said. The devil wants us to keep our minds stayed on what we see. The devil wants us to keep our minds stayed on the next doctor's appointment. But I'm going to tell you, God's saying, if you'll just keep your eyes fixed, if you'll put on those little blinders like the horses, because remember, horses see everything in 3D. So a snake on the ground could look this big. It's just smoke. It's just smoke. Put your guards on your mind. Do like Philippians. You just start praising God in the midst of the storm. Start praying about the things that you're worried about. And I promise you that anxiousness will go. And the peace of God will come and sit and rest upon your mind. And give you peace. Amen. Give you peace. And then we just begin thinking on the things of God. God says that he will live and not die. God said that his blood is going to be pure. God says that he's above and not beneath. God says that he's healed. By his stripes, he was healed. It's a past tense place. I'm not ignoring, I'm not ignoring the circumstance that I'm in. I'm ignoring its place in our life. And I'm keeping my mind stayed on the things of God. Stayed on the things of God. God's peace will guard our heart and our mind as we live. I'm going to fix my eyes. I'm going to not move. I'm not going to look to the left. I'm not going to look to the right of what's happening all around me. I'm just going to look to the Savior. Because when I do, huh, this beautiful peace comes. But keep going. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. He's telling me what to fix them on. You ready? Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep, someone say keep. Keep putting them into practice. Discipline, exercise control in your mind. There is one thing that should be the fattest thing on your body, your brain. It should be so exercised. It should be so controlled. It should be a lean, mean machine that automatically identifies a piece of dust in its mind. It's not if the devil's coming. It's when he's coming. And if you think you have control of your minds, don't be deceived, like Paul said. Don't be deceived that you might be disqualified yourself because the enemy might have sown in that you've got too much in there and you can do it on your own. Think about these things. Put into practice all you've learned and received from me, everything you've heard and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. See, not only filling your mind with the things of God makes no room for the devil, but you have another weapon. A we in my opinion, filling your mind with God just keeps the enemy at bay, right? 
But when he's attacking your mind, prayer, praise, and thanksgiving are weapons. They are weapons. We know in Chronicles that Jeremiah, come on, they went out and put the praisers out first before they took the sword out. They put the praisers out in front, and all they had to do was sing, and the victory and the battle was won. When was the last time in your battle that you began just singing? Just singing. Just singing God's praise. I'll tell you, we were in the hospital room. This week, we were getting IV. We're getting fluids. We're getting whatever it was they give him. And dad's just sleeping. He's got nothing else to do for four hours. So I'm just in there praising. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. I thank you, Lord, that you've demonstrated your power. I thank you, Lord, that everyone in this cancer center will see that which you've stated. God, I thank you that he will. I just begin lifting up my praise and my prayer. You know what the nurses said? Oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to bother you. Girl, you ain't bothering me, but I didn't apologize for bothering everyone else in that cancer ward. They all needed to hear it. If little Miss Debbie can walk around and she's happy telling everybody how she's not going to be sick at her stomach this time, then I can walk around praying and praising wherever I want. I just don't have that little stand to walk around. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes prayer and praise needs to be a weapon that we have forgotten. We've got to discipline ourselves. See, praise helps you focus on God and not the problem. And sometimes we forget that. We forget that. Isaiah 26, 3 says that God will keep, hmm, did you notice that? If we go back to Philippians, it said, keep putting into practice. But in Isaiah, it says that he will keep us in perfect peace. All who trust in God, all whose thoughts are fixed on him. We must exercise our minds and control what goes in and gets out. And the more we stay fixed on him and our mouth full of praise, prayer, and thanksgiving, whew, look what happens. Let me tell you something. What you watch can change what your thoughts are. Some of you think that you deserve to binge on Netflix. Let me tell you something. If you've got a battle going on in your mind, you don't deserve Netflix. You need to get your mind in the Bible. You need to get your mind in the Bible because there has been a war ensued upon your thoughts. And to check out and check into something from the world is not smart. You'd do better to stay off Netflix and find a Christian series that you could watch, The Chosen, to put Jesus in. Put Jesus in because what happens is we put so much of the world in. Whether it's your TikTok, whether it's Netflix, whether it's Hulu, whatever it is, there's so much of the world combating our thoughts. Look, if you are an insecure woman and you're concerned about your body image, do not be watching TikTok. That is not the place your mind needs to be. Your mind needs to be stayed upon the scripture in the word that talks about how fearfully and beautiful and wonderfully are you made. That's where you have to be. you got to think what God thinks about you because the world is shipping you an image. Men over 50, I don't know what it is about your phone, but something thinks you need help loving your wife in a greater way. If you're 50, you're getting every ad that you can imagine because they believe that you need help. You know what? You are enough just the way you are. God made you. We naturally age through life together. This is the way we do it. It's okay. You think I like hot flashes? Every progesterone ad is coming in the world. No, I don't like it. It just is what it is. I'm aging. I'm going to die. Hopefully not with a hot flash. But there's some of them hot enough that make me feel like I could. I'm telling you. Randy's like, I'm not going to touch you. I said, I know I'm an inferno right now. What you see affects what you think. You start hearing about stories of people that cope with whiskey. And the next woman, because they're not happy with what they are. I'm telling you, your hope will not be in Jesus. Before you know it, Jack Daniels and Bud is going to be your cope. Because that's what you're listening to. That's what you're watching. That's what you're associating with. God's calling us to come out of the world standard. Come out of that way of living and set your minds on a higher way. It's a higher way. It's a better way. It's a safer way. It's not because he wants you to be trapped. 
It's not because he doesn't want you to have fun. He's looking out for your soul. He's looking out for your soul. I used to sing this song to my kids when they were little, and I know some of you moms in the 90s know it. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. For the Father up above is looking down on us. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Then it goes on to, oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Just because you look at something when no one's looking and you think you're safe, you're not. Father up above, he's looking down on us. Be careful. He doesn't want to see you slip into the problem. He don't want to see you become addicted to pornography. He don't want to see you become addicted to weed. Come on, be careful little eyes, be careful little nose what you smell. Oh, be careful little nose what you smell. If you had an addiction to weed, don't be around it to smell it. My father and mother, they smoked for years. I don't know if, you, if they've ever told you that. My father and mother would ask for the smoking section, even though they didn't smoke. You know why? They loved the smell of smoke. Now, can't stand the smell of smoke. Be careful. Your senses are alive, and they're taking in information, and they're going into your mind, and they're filling up your space. Some of us need to take back some real estate in our mind. Some of us have given this little portion of our mind that we think no one knows about. And if I don't think on it very much, but I just leave it tucked away back here, every once in a while I can visit that spot. Take that spot, bring it right to the front and say, here it is, God. I don't want it no more. I don't want it. I want to fix my eyes on you. And you know the best way to do that is find out what that little spot is, whether it's pride, whether it's lust, whether it's envy, whether it's jealousy, whether it's, uh, uh, oh boy, fear, whether it's insecurity, whatever it is, find it and then go to the Bible and look in that little back section. It tells you what every word means. Go to that word and look up every single scripture where that word is found. And you're going to find what God thinks about that little tiny box that you've shoved all the way in the back that you don't want nobody to know about. And then you're going to start declaring the word. And that's going to get rid of you. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. This isn't high school knowledge. This isn't college knowledge. This is God's knowledge. What God knows about our enemy and how to defeat him. See, God knows. God knows what that looks like. But you and I don't. The only way we know what God's knowledge is, is to see the words that he wrote. He sent Jesus, his son. He said, Jesus, the word was with God. Jesus was with God in heaven when he created all the earth. And then the word was God. That was Jesus incarnate to you and I. These are the words of Jesus. When you, do, is there anyone in here believes that if Jesus showed up on the scene right now, right now in this service, that there is anything that could not be done? Anyone? Anyone? We think it would all be done, don't we? This word is Jesus alive and powerful. Every word we speak. But if you don't believe when you speak it, that it shifts an atmosphere and changes a circumstance, then it's of no power to you. What good is a weapon if we don't know how to use it? What good is for a robber to come into my home and me to have a, whatever Randy has, a 44? Is that right? 45. 45. Because I want a 40 because it's a little lighter to use. That 40, man, takes a lot of work. I'm like, hang on, before you rob me, could I get my gun? I got to get my gun back. I can't do it. But here's the thing. What good is it if I don't know how to use it? If I don't know if the safety is up or down, if I don't know if the clip goes in this way or this way, what good does it do to have a weapon? What good does it to have a bow and arrow to shoot a deer if you don't know what side the 
that little guide thing goes on. Or what side your wristband or your flip stick or whatever those things are that all the boys use. It's of no good if you don't know how to use it. If we don't understand the weapons of our warfare and we don't use them, then our enemy is going to take us. He's going to destroy us. He's going to cripple us and make us literally non-purposeful for the kingdom. Hebrews 4.12, let's turn there. I almost got ahead of myself, but I'm so excited. I haven't preached in a while, that's why. I haven't preached. Thank you for letting me preach to you people. I love sharing the word. Hebrews 4.12, this is what it says. It says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than a two, oh, oh, it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between the spirit, soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Hmm, let me tell you this. It cuts between soul and spirit. David, do you know when you read this word, your soul thinks it knows better than God. Your spirit knows it don't. Your spirit is a new recreated spirit and says, you need to shut your mouth, boy. You don't know what you're talking about. But the word of the Lord, when you read the scripture, it cuts through the soul that's connected to your spirit, cuts it and says, oh, no, 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 no. Do you see that your soul is telling you that you're right, you're right, you're perfect, you're perfect. Your spirit man's saying, no, bro, you ain't. But I'm connected to you and God's got me on the plan to fix this problem. But when the spirit of the Lord, when the word of God comes through and cuts soul from spirit, the soul sees the word of God and says, that's the truth. Reunites to the spirit and now it becomes conformed. What? If you don't read the scripture, your soul always thinks it's right. But the, the sword of the spirit cuts through and shows you your motive. Boom. Motive. Your motive in what you do is everything. David, I could tell you, no, I'm just, I'm, this is not my natural nature. David, your hair's a little short on this side. <laughs> I could say that with the sisterly love that I have for David, not in front of people, in private, because I know David wants his hair perfectly straight and even, which is not true. I don't even know that. I'm making this all up. <laughs> or I could say, you know, David, I've seen your hair look better, you know, in a group of people. This side looks a little short. I don't know who your barber is, but you might want to lose him. What's the motive? What's the motive of this? What's the motive of why I said that? See, some of us think that we're all that in a box of chocolates in the Christian world because you're doing what's right. But let me tell you something. You're going to stand before God and God's looking at what is the motive in everything you did. That's a scary place. That's a scary place to be because every second of every day I have to challenge my motive. Because there are days that I think I know better than the Spirit of God. And I have to put that into check. See, Romans 12, 12 says that we are to renew our mind. It says, don't copy the behavior or the custom of this world, but let God transform you. Ooh, come on, wait up. Into a new person by changing your way of thinking. <laughs> that tells me that my way is wrong. My way of thinking is obviously not right or God wouldn't want to change it. He's saying, Nicole, you think you got it all worked out, but you don't. Remember, my ways are higher than yours. And I might not always do it the way you want. I might not always do it in the timing that you think is right. But I've got a plan. You've got to submit yourself under my plan. And in the midst of this plan, this is going to fight you constantly and you're going to remind it every single day of every second God's will not mine God's will not mine I'm keeping my eyes focused on you because right now I don't want to have to go through what's ahead right now I'm fearful of what's ahead some of you don't know what job you're going to have on Monday you know what God says it's going to be all right I've got you I've got you 
You don't realize that something was going to happen where you worked. We just heard a testimony of Kristen and Jake Martin and this big crazy thing happened at their workplace. And then all of a sudden, God gives her a dream. Jake goes back to that place of work and then literally gets a new job entirely. Why? God was transitioning him. But it looked like the most vulnerable moment in her life when she's like, we have no job. We have no job. And I said, but didn't God give you a dream? Yes, God gave me a dream. I said, hang on to the dream. God's going to fix what's here. Hang on. But this daily renewing of the word keeps your mind stayed on him. Ephesians 6, 10 through 17. This is the old uh, school story that we heard when we were in children's church. Remember Ephesians about the armor of God. But it's not for children. It's for you and I. Verse 13 through is a great read. But verse 16 and 17, it talks about reminding us to be strong in the Lord. Put on God's armor that we would be able to stand firm against the schemes and the strategies of the devil. Stand firm to be fixed in the midst of what's going on around us. But 16 and 17, listen. Whew, this is beautiful. It says that the helmet of salvation, protection for your mind. Keep in mind. That if I was to harm you in battle, oh my gosh, if I was to harm you in battle with this, I could probably kill you faster by going straight for your head than any other part of your body. Because if your brain don't tell your heart to take its next beat, you out. But I could stab your heart and your brain go, keep pumping, keep pumping, keep pumping until every last drop of blood is out of your body. And then you die. God obviously knew that the helmet needed to be in the right place. It's to protect your mind. It said, in the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is the word. Is there anyone in here that believes if I had enough strength to stab someone in this building that they would be dead with this item. Do you believe that I could accomplish that if I was strong enough? Yeah. Give me a little dagger this big, I wouldn't believe it. I'd say you like, you're going to stab somebody 80, 90 times before they die for that. This makes a difference. And let me remind you, double-edged means it cuts going in and it cuts coming out. Not only when you sow the word does it do what it says, but when it comes back to you, it's got another plan. This is the only offensive weapon you have in your arsenal. Do you know that? This right here gets the devil on the run. All the other ones are defensive. Your helmet, that ain't going to hurt nobody. Wait, you going to run at someone with your helmet? It ain't going to get there, but this is going to get there. And look at the distance it keeps between me and my enemy. Look at the distance. He ain't got a prayer to get close to my head. I'm going to get him first. And here's the difference. But a lot of us are walking around with our sword in the midst of a fight going, nah, 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 nah. can't wait to get to my next Netflix movie. Yeah, miss me and my friends. You're not even on guard. You're not even ready to take the enemy down. You're not even like this. You're like this. You're timid. You don't know what to do with your word of God. I, 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 I don't know what it says. What, what did Pastor Dosick tell me on Sunday? I love that Pastor Dosick taught you something on Sunday. But if you don't get your own sword, you don't get your own battle. I'm going to be honest with you. There ain't nobody sitting in that room with him. There's nobody sitting in that room when he ought to take therapy. There ain't nobody fighting his battle at night when he can't think, when he's tired, when he's exhausted. You know what? He's got to open up the scripture. He's got to look at him for himself. I can't force feed him. I can't force feed you. You can't force feed me. There comes a time that it's you and the devil in battle. And either you've got to stand up and show up to the fight or you're going to be destroyed for the lack of knowledge that you refuse to receive. It's not your pastor's responsibility for your mind. It's yours. I'm not with you. I'm not with you. I hope to goodness you hear me saying, 
Stand up and fight. Say, I hope you see me with this sword in your dreams. Saying, fight! Fight! See, you're never going to get that out of your mind. I'm sweating up here, but I'm not sure if it's a hot flash or sweat. It says at the end of that scripture that we pray. Okay, here was his hair. Let me read it. I got off track. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith. Stop the fiery errors of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet. And take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray. Everyone stops right there. Pray in the spirit at all times. And on every occasion. Stay alert. Pay attention. Don't be mindlessly wandering through life. Just letting life happen to you. Well, we're just in another fight. Oh, oh, stop it. I'm not in a fight. I'm in a fight spiritually, but I'm putting an end to the devil. I'm done fighting this reoccurring mind battle game that tells me what he wants me to know. I am a child of God. I don't have to live like this any longer. It's time that some of us decide that we're going to take on the battle. It's time to rise up. It's time to get three or four people around you that will say, you need to stand up. He's coming. He's coming for your mind. sword of the spirit will not only cut through spirit and soul in your own life, but it will cut through the enemy's deceptive thoughts and his plans. Every thought you have can become a stronghold if you don't pull it out. Every thought. I've asked for some help today, and I'm finishing up my message. I've asked for some help because... I'm probably not going to use this sword because it might get out of hand. I'm just letting you know. Although it's really not that sharp, okay? Our last scripture that we're going to is Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 10.5. And I know that Pastor Randy touched on this, but I want to give you a visual. A visual with me, okay? Here's what it says. Wait, someone, oh, it says, Casting down imaginations and everything that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Okay, five, casting down imaginations. This means all reasoning thoughts, casting them down, casting them down, casting them down. Meaning that we throw them down, we pitch or hurl them away. Every high thing that exalteth itself, you ready? Against, stop, against the knowledge of God. Did you hear me? that exalteth itself against, shh, I can't think, against the knowledge of God. Everything. But look, it says bringing it into captivity, meaning to lead away. Oh my gosh, I'm going to speed up so this thing can't catch me. My thoughts are running rampant today. I just can't get over it. Anyways, take that or every thought into the obedience of Christ. Every thought into the obedience of Christ. Because God has a knowledge and I have a knowledge. And obviously my thoughts have knowledge that he thinks he should be telling me this morning. Right? So go back to the beginning. Cast down! Get away from me! This is what most of us do. We identify that the thought is not of God. Wait a minute. I thought I got rid of him. I told him to go. Oh my goodness! You know what? Stop it. Get down. That's it. That's it. Get down. Get down. It says take every thought captive. Rock you up. Lock you down. You're not going anywhere. Some of us need to get mad. Get up. Get up. Let me tell you something. You and your dumb thoughts. God says that I'm going to think. No, I will be enough. God says I'm thinking on those things that are pure, holy, just, and of good report. You know what? I'll never be alone. You ugly piece of junk. You're going to be ugly. I don't even know why they let you out of that prison. Now get out of here in Jesus' name and go. Oh, wait. Get back here. (laughs) 
Now, I am flat out plumb up out of breath. So kind of good luck mingling that one down. Some of us think that if we cast it down, it's enough. See, he wasn't taken into captivity until his thoughts, I gave him the captive answer. Here's the problem. Every devil in hell knows Jesus' power. They said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? You better get yourself to knowing those devils. And when you know the word, they must respond to the word of God and to Jesus' name. And here's what happens. When I took him, he kept telling me, you're not enough. You're not enough. You're going to fail. No, 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 no. Constant, constant, constant. Trying to do, trying to think about what I'm trying to think about. I can't even think to deliver the word because he's lying to me constantly. Cast him down. But when you take him captive with the word, take the thought captive by putting down his accusation. He's only accusing me of what he's fearful that I'm not going to believe. See, he knows what God says I am. He's afraid of me. So the only thing he's trying to do is to get me to stop doing what I'm doing. He's trying to get you to stop being sons and daughters of God. He's trying to get your worth stripped. He's trying to lie to you so that you'll live beneath the power of the word. But when you take him captive, that thought knows the truth. And when I took him captive and led him away, Lead your thought away and replace it with the word of God. I leave you with this. Praise the word, praying in the Holy Spirit. We didn't even get to using the name of Jesus. Oh my gosh, if you don't know scripture because you're just learning, just say, Jesus! Deliver me. Jesus, make these thoughts go away. Jesus. Just begin to ask for his help. How about pleading the blood of Jesus over your mind? The Israelites put the blood of Jesus on the doorpost. And deliverance came that night. And not one of their firstborn were killed. Not one. Because of the blood of Jesus. You and I have been purchased with the blood of Jesus Plead the blood over your mind. Plead the blood of Jesus and be delivered from tormenting thoughts and strongholds. These are things that will help you in your thought life. Keep the devil out. Colossians 3.2, and I finish. Set your minds on things that are above and not things that are on this earth. Set your things on the things that are above and not your circumstance on this earth. Church, I'm telling you, if we can get a hold of those 70,000 thoughts and turn them around for Jesus, there is nothing as sons and daughters of God that we cannot do or accomplish together. Amen? Stand to your feet. Thank you, Jordan. You did amazing for letting me beat on you. Are you out of breath? Because I'm still out of breath. That's a problem. Obviously, someone's not been exercising enough. Anyways, if you are here today and you're like Passion and Cole, I have a lot of thoughts in my mind that I have not dealt with over time because I didn't know what to do with them. I've not even been aware until now that you have shown what's happening. And I got strongholds now that are bigger than what I can get through. And I don't know how to fight that. Then you're the ones that I want to pray for at the end of service. We're going to pray and we're going to break some of those strongholds off, but we're also going to put you with some people that can help love and walk you through some things. You're going to need some support because someone's going to need to be using that sword standing over you until you get up to par, that you've got enough word in you that you can fight. Amen? Sometimes we're just behind the eight ball and that's what the devil wants us to think. that There's no help. There's no hope. And that's a lie. But today I'm really talking to the person at the end of this service that doesn't know Jesus. You have not 
come to terms with the Lord. You've not made amends with him. You've not said, you know, either yay or nay, and you're just in this middle place. I want to ask you today that you would say yay, that you would say yes to God, that you would say yes to his kingdom way, yes to these higher thought patterns. I know, you come in, you see this lady wailing a sword today, and you're like, what have I gotten myself into? You've gotten yourself into a house of God and a family that will love you if you'll let us. There's no condemnation. We've all been where you are. If you've fallen off the bandwagon, that's okay. We've all missed the mark. Remember the restart and start? If you start and you fall off, you restart again. That's the God that we serve. He forgives. In fact, he even forgets. And that's beautiful for our sake. If you want to know Jesus today and you want to start living in this new pattern of thoughts, then I just ask you to slip your hand up. Slip your hand up. If that's you today in this house, anybody, anybody. I'm looking, I'm scouring. I think I can see all the way back there. Yes. Okay, perfect, perfect. Anyone else? Okay. I'm going to pray with the young lady after service. I know her. I'm going to pray with her as she rededicates her life to Jesus. And she says, I'm ready to get my thoughts under control. I'm going to pray with her. If you have a stronghold, then I'm going to pray for you next. But in the meantime, this week, here's what I want you to ask yourself. Pastor Tim's coming next week. And he's going to be preaching on the patterns of our thoughts. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing, I'm telling you. And how to break some of those patterns. In the meantime, this week, I want you to be in preparing for Sunday. I want you to ask God to show you any patterns in your life that are unpleasing in your thought life to him. Because sometimes those little pieces of rice that are being dropped into that bowl, we don't see them. But the Holy Spirit does. He knows where they're coming in. He knows what hole and what crack they're getting in. And he also sees that if that thought is conceived, then it will bring forth a pregnancy and it will be birthed. And chances are it's never good. It's always a sinful place that's conceived. Father, I just come before you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the ability to deliver the word. God, I thank you that we are whole and in health today, that we can be here. God, I just thank you, Lord, that right now every mind across this building, every mind, Father, would be touched, would be touched this morning. Father, you begin to revelate yourself to them. God, that maybe they didn't see these patterns or these thoughts that have been coming against their mind, but God, that you would begin to reveal it right now in the name of Jesus. Father, throughout this week as it happens, God, that they would be prepared to be students of the word on Sunday, Father, to get rid of these lustful thoughts, these impure thoughts, these dishonest thoughts. God, whatever they are, whatever they are, Father, we just thank you for it in the name of Jesus. God, just reveal it to us. Lord, we want to be your people. And God, we want to use the weapons that you've given us to fight the enemy. For these weapons are not of a carnal place. It's really not a sword and a knife and a gun. But it's the word of the Lord. It's praise. It's prayer. God, we choose to keep our minds stayed on you. Help us, God, exercise this week our minds. When they begin to drift, draw us back. Draw us back, God, to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I love you all. We will see you on Wednesday and next Sunday, and we will have a good week.